We can solve the world's problems. Just, I just need a kitchen table and a pot of coffee. Are you a big nerd? I'm the throat good or anything, but I feel like I could swallow hard enough to break a hot dog. <laughs> 20 years late to the spirit orgy. <laughs> few billion dudes later. Yeah, that's a rough way to look at it. <laughs> you know, it's a terrible joke. How have we not talked about this? I would listen to someone snore. Cow bummer, dude. <laughs> Cow bummer. The theory of compounding intelligence. So just, the more that I know, the more that I can. It, it helps you in just kind of understanding the world in like a broader sense and just applying critical thinking. The, uh, there was a couple things that, that I had made note of throughout the week um, that uh, I wanted to mention in today's episode. Uh, so one of them was what, what, what was the name of that? What was that guy's name? Mark Anderson? Anderson or something? Mark Anderson? I just Andrewson. had it up because I was... I'm going to spell the last name for you and you can say it however you want. Because it looks like Andreessen, but it's A-N-D-R-E-E-S-S-E-N. Yeah, that looks like Andreessen. Um, e so I, I, yeah, I, I really like listening to the guy talk. And... Um, uh, one of the things I did catch at the end of that episode, which is something that you and I talk about often, uh, is that the whole UBI dis- discussion. Yeah. Uh, where Joe Joe Rogan mentioned that, and that guy kind of had like the, uh, and you know nobody knows who's right or wrong about it, right? Um, but he kind of had the same view on it as uh, Dr. Michi Okaku, you know, where it's like, oh no, jobs, you know, they'll be around and stuff, but whatever. Um, but it's actually funny because I was just reading an article earlier today about how the the guy who created uh, chat GPT. Um, he was basically saying that, like, no, the you know the proponents of of AI are you know basically naive if they, they think that this isn't going to take jobs. He's like, sure, like it, it might open the, the way for other jobs, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be better jobs and it's going to displace people. Uh, but anyways, I thought it was funny that he said that. Uh, but one of the things that that, <laughs> that I was thinking about when I was listening to that episode was um, uh, I whenever people are talking about aliens and artificial intelligence, they always bring up how dumb humans are. <laughs> like, um, it, it's always funny, you know, because like I, I I love the analogy that Joe Rogan makes when he's like talking about you know the dumb apes, the the dumb naked apes, uh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, and maybe we are that, but. I, I don't actually think that humans are as dumb as, like, we make ourselves out to be. Like, co- collectively, like, what, one of the things that's known about human nature is that, like, when you put a lot of humans together, they do dumb shit. But, like, individually, I think the humans are actually pretty smart. I, think, I like to think the humans are pretty bright. So when we compare ourselves to ants, when we're talking about fucking, you know, advanced intelligences, like extraterrestrials yeah. or interdimensional beings or whatever, I don't... Maybe this is just me being naive, but I don't think that we're that dumb. Like, I don't think that we're a fucking literal ant compared to an ET. Like, I, you, I don't you know think when, it's that dramatic. You know, whenever I, I used to think we were ants, this is going back in like the end of the military. The very first, <laughs> I will always, I'll never forget this. The very first scene in a bug's life, whenever all the ants are doop, doop, 
walking in a row, following each other, and the leaf just slowly falls off the tree and and breaks up their line of ants. And the next guy in the row, I I feel like I see this in the military with like privates all the time. You see it all the time. He'd be like, ah, ah, what do what do I do? What do look? Then, then the NCO comes in, and he's like, whoa, whoa, hey, take it easy there, big fella. Let's, let's, let's just go around. Like, no, I, I do think, like, a lot of a lot of people are just really dumb. Yeah, dude, I'm not saying that there's not a lot of NPCs. And again, I think collectively <laughs> humans are, are, like, not the brightest, you know, peanuts in the turd. But um, individually, again, like... I, don't, I just don't think that, like, our, like, awareness is as bad as it's made out to sound. That's all I'm saying. Like, I, you well, you know, can't know what the top end is. Like, you could, we'll never know what, like, the highest level of knowledge would be. Like, there's always, I don't know. Well, I mean, what's, what's that old, like, uh, you know, the, the, the shitty thing about being well, the, the great thing about being stupid is when you're stupid, you don't know that you're stupid. It's everybody else around you that suffers, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Or, the, you know, the whole, like, ignorance is bliss kind of thing. And it, it's a known fact, dude, that, like, you know, the... I, I mean, I don't want to say it's a known fact, but it's been observed that people who are of higher intelligence oftentimes suffer more mental illness, and mm-hmm. it's probably because of that, you know, because ignorance really is bliss. Um and when you when you are able to observe the world like it kind of in totality, like you, it, it's a lot easier to see all of the faults and you know all of the the possibilities, right? Um, I but I still I don't think that humans are what are ants compared to humans. Like like we're, we're not the fucking ants of, the, of that. Maybe like dolphins, sure. Maybe we just don't have like the this the sensory perception that's needed to be able to interact with and observe the universe the way that ET does. Um, yeah. But in terms of like raw comprehension, just like computational abilities, I don't think the humans are that dumb. Um, I used I, I used to think that we were the ants, but the more and more that I thought about it, the less I think that we're the fucking ants of that scenario. What's the what's the fire in the sky? Travis Walton, whenever yeah. he whenever he talks about the ETs, not speaking but telepathically communicating. Whenever I think about that, it makes me feel like a fucking ant. Yeah. But not not having the tools necessary is different than not being able to, like... Okay. Yeah. Comprehend. Agreed with that. I I agree with that, yeah. Yeah, not having uh, the tools, not having the ability to learn. Yeah. Um, When people talk about smart people, I don't think that it's necessarily that... In a lot of situations, I think it is. I think that the smart people are just better at, you know, doing math in their head or visualizing the world uh, geometrically or, um, you know, creating ideas. But usually when I think somebody is talking about, like, somebody being intelligent, I think that they're talking about their ability to comprehend things um, at, like, a higher level than their peers. And I, it's, again, maybe, maybe it's my own hubris, but... Generally speaking, I don't think that humans are incapable of comprehending things. It's just whether or not we want to comprehend those things and okay. like what we do with that information. Whenever, uh, how did you say his last name? Mark uh, Andreessen. Um, yeah, Andreessen. 
what do you think about whenever he was explaining the type of people that live in San Francisco? That's like an aspect I'd never thought about. I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, which part were you going to Whenever he's talking about like everyone, everybody that lives there is like right on the edge of like almost insanity because they're like oh, a lot yeah. of intellectuals and like that's a lot of like the homeless as well is like they just kind of lost it. And like I'd never really thought about that. And they almost like need each other to coexist. I'm like, whoa. Like the way you really phrased that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, as a society, you need to be able to, to like temper that. But. <laughs> You also like can't. When I say temperate, I mean you need to be able to like protect the public interest. Um, so you know, like, I, like you can't have three-year-olds walking around stepping in shit. That's mm-hmm. what I mean by protecting the public interest. But I, I agree with them. Like, you, like some of the the smartest people are also the craziest people. And, like, yeah. Some of our greatest achievements are from those people. And like, if they're if they're not allowed to be able to. Um, exhibit themselves in the way that they see fit, then you know you're 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 tapering that that creative ability. Yeah, that was really cool. As like somebody who's probably pretty like conservative and like the no, they're fine. They need to go get a job. Has probably been like you know my outlook most of my life. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was uh that was kind of refreshing to see. Or listen yeah, to I kind of laughed at it. Like, I'm sure you've experienced it too, but like sometimes it's just fun to be around weird people, you know? Like, oh yeah, those are generally my friends. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, for sure. Uh, no, that was a uh, that was a really good episode of Jerry two ten or twenty ten. Like, yeah. When I sent it to you and shared it to you, had you already started it? I knew you'd probably listen to it, but like I I thought if I shared, I had it to not you, started it. It yet. would make you stop what you're doing and listen to it. That's exactly. I swear to God, that's actually exactly right. <laughs> really. Yeah. 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 I, I was like in the middle of a, a like a different podcast, and I was like, yeah. I saw the caption for it, like when it was released, but I was like, you know, eventually I'll come around and listen to it. But uh, when you sent it, I was like, all right, I guess I'm just gonna listen to this now. Yeah. That's what I did. I was enjoying it so much. I was like, I have to send this to Joe, so hopefully we can talk about it in the future. Yeah, I I, re- I did like that guy a lot. Um, did as much as I love Joe Rogan, there the did you listen to the guy that was on there, the theology guy? The uh, He's a philosopher, but he was talking about God and, um, you know, evidence. Are you talking about... Uh, I listened to most of it. Is it Stephen C. Meyer? Mm. Yeah, that's it. It's either Stephen C. Meyer or I've been listening to... Yeah, that's who it would be. I was pretty interested in that one as well. A lot of the... I didn't finish it, to tell you the truth, but it was uh, it was interesting seeing like Joe be like kind of not combative, but yes, that's yeah, that's actually where why I was gonna bring that up is because I honestly I felt like he was kind of douchey, like you know he always like tries to remove his own biases, like when he's talking to his guests, but it felt like the whole time he was like stopping the like like there was like probably 50 instances during that podcast where i was like dude let him talk like i wanted to listen to what he was saying but like mm-hmm. you keep running him in these circles and like he can't get through one train of thought yeah it was like, kind one, of exhausting that's I, yeah. I think that's part of the reason why i didn't finish it yeah but... I, I thought it was kind of douchey and it sounded like he like to me joe was being kind of douchebag about it because mm-hmm. like it sounded it felt like he was in there with his own biases oh i could definitely see that i think that was 
definitely portraying and you never see that either but yeah it was unusual yeah um, I, don't know, I don't know if i just got too uncomfortable or if i got exhausted of it but yeah i was pretty glued and thought it found, found it very interesting but i never finished it there was uh so there was two other things um one of which was so did, were you aware that there was a hearing yesterday on on uaps a congressional oversight committee hearing that's what i was about to talk about my guy nice well, i was about to ask you did, <laughs> um so i did of course listen to that the whole um, thing see like i've only seen clips and yeah. i li so is that what's that guy's name david Gresh? Gresh, yeah Grush? Grush? Yeah. yeah, so I've heard him referred to a bunch of times, you know, because, like, we both absolutely, like, love this topic. Mm -hmm. uh, um, who is that man? Uh, David Grush is the lieutenant colonel that was in the Air Force, or Navy, I'm sorry, Navy, not Air Force. He was a, a Navy intelligence officer who was assigned uh, by the either the Pentagon or or um, or Congress, some some kind of oversight uh, entity to investigate, uh, like basically the DoD's handling of UAPs. And during okay. his investigations, uh, he he talked to a whole bunch of people, a lot of fucking people who, and this, these are things that he testified about. I'm just giving you like a gross exaggeration mm -hmm. of kind of what he talked about, because a lot of stuff he's like, sorry, that's classified. I've only been out for two months, and I literally cannot talk about this. I will tell you in a closed environment. Yeah, I I saw, I've seen a bunch of clubs. Like yeah, that. so um, basically he, like, during his investigations, I guess if you want to call it that, um, he talked to a whole bunch of people who were, were like, worked on uh, UFOs who or UAPs, whatever you want to call them, who worked on biological entities of unknown origin or extraterrestrial origin. He also said that we've had We've been in possession of materials for 90 years since Mussolini. Um, he said Whoa. that, well, he didn't say, but he said that he would be willing to talk in a closed session about um, people being fucking killed over the shit. And he was him. He's in fear of uh, for his physical safety and his wife's uh, physical safety. Um, I mean, he was dropping some bombs, dude. The other two guys were, like, first-hand witnesses, so they were very credible, too. And, you know, like, one's retired, one was in for, you know, 10, 14 years or whatever. Um, so they were all very credible people, all, like, you know, senior officers yeah. in the military. Um, so, yeah, I, it was a great hearing. Yeah, I, I'll probably go through it, actually, listen to the whole thing. I've also been jumping on them. Um, do you follow or know uh, the Sean Ryan podcast? Or you know who Sean Ryan is? The name sounds familiar, but like yeah, he's like a Green Beret operator, badass guy, and he has his own show. And like they've got some uh, really good episodes. But he did like this three-part whistleblower series that uh, I'm sure you'll see like TikToks from it and such. But they had on uh, a man who was a firefighter and plumber at the Antarctica or the South Pole Station, something like that, and talks about some of the technology they had there that's that nobody knows about attributed some of the technology that they have to the earthquakes a few years ago in New Zealand. Like, it was a negligent discharge on their behalf, like, from the pole, the South Pole Station that caused earthquakes in New Zealand. Um, Damn. Yeah, and some other, like, crazy kind of UFO stuff. They had, a, they had one man on there that talks about a monolithic slab 
so he worked at Fort Benning. Uh, well, he was a another SF guy, but his father had a side business as a contractor, and they it was just kind of like engineering stuff. You, they worked with like the U.S. Army Corps engineers and and like go back and listen to all these if you want to, but uh, they go into like in the would be like the drop zone for at Fort Benning and it's like kind of like the live fire ranges. They go to this building out there and they go downstairs and like and he sees like this monolithic slab that he talks about. It's kind of like levitating off the ground. And the closer he got, the more he could feel it. So and he like he said he's normally not like a curious person, like eyes straightforward, whatever, but he, he couldn't help himself, so he like t- went down to tie his boot and like could really feel this thing like shaking and like giving off a pulse and talks into some more detail about it but he goes through his accounts where so after they called it range 19 and after they'd been there that one day to kind of like say like i think they're making an uh one of those like indoor shoot houses that would have like the catwalk above where you could stand above and like watch like clear rooms and shit and so they were like getting the dimensions and shit to build that but that, that monolithic slab was in there he talks about in great detail and they leave and he goes back he's still active duty and he gets a call from one of the guys that works for his father and he's like yeah yeah they took everything and he's like what the fuck are you talking about he's like yeah they took everything and he's like so he calls his dad he's like hey what's going on is this about range 19 and his dad goes i never want to hear you fucking talk about that ever again and so his dad never talked to him again from that period right so he says his dad was a healthy guy, like early 60s, but like working, very healthy guy. And out of nowhere, he gets like a very rapid cancer and deteriorates and dies. And he has 100, like he 100% believes that his father is killed instead. Right after his father died, yeah, right after his father died, he. One of the guys that he, he remembers seeing at Range 19, I might fuck this up a little bit, but uh, one of the guys that was there, he he was away, he wasn't at Fort Benning, and he wasn't doing any Army stuff. He was at a location that there's nowhere, no way anybody would ever know he's there. He gets a random letter, or the guy shows up, the same guy shows up, it's like, hey, I'm sorry about your father. Oh, like a week later, two weeks later, three weeks later, he's doing a airborne jump, probably just stay like airborne qualified kind of thing, and they got their static line above him, and he's like first in in the line. And that same man that showed up saying he's like, "Sorry about your father. Sorry for your loss," jumps in front of him and like slaps his line, and his tether breaks and like cracks his neck, and he just kind of his shoot goes off, and he's kind of gets in this death spin. Apparently, he said he was in and out of consciousness and just slams into the fucking ground, and wakes up like a couple months later and it was a he thinks like he's like, like it was a thousand percent assassination attempt what the fuck, yeah it's uh i think it's sean ryan episode the sean ryan show episode 66 yeah but he did this three-part whistleblower series the first one's about these guys that are in lebanon or i can't remember what country and they run into uh what seems like a ufo ship that they have no like understanding how it would work 
and they're in a non-English speaking country and all these guys with American dialects stay like, hey, you guys got to get like get the fuck out of here and start threatening them and try to intimidate them. And they figure out that they're putting containers onto the ship, but it's a human trafficking ring. I think I might have seen clips of that guy. Yeah. He he was a Marine, right? mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was talking about how they went down into the valley and, like, the the dudes that speaking English. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but that that three-part series. Yeah, go check it out. It's pretty nutty. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to check that out. You know, uh, give me, like, two seconds. Hold on. Um, so, uh, one of the things that I was going to mention on this episode, which was kind of in line with, you know, humans not being the ants, uh, per se, mm-hmm. but, uh, one of the things I was thinking about, and this is going to sound very contradictory to, to what you were just saying, you know, with those stories, um, but one of the things I was thinking about with aliens, because, like, you know, well, we've talked about this, I like to do the what-if game, mm-hmm. and, um, so one of the things I often think about is like, why have aliens been kept so secret? You know, like what are what are, like what, what what are the reasons? You know, like money is it because like it's so life altering that like humans literally just can't fucking fathom it? Like what, like is it just fear of you know bodily harm? And I was thinking about it. And I'm like maybe it's actually a combination of like you know that fear of bodily harm, like the you know the dad and the that special operator that uh, uh, you know lost their life or almost lost their life. But what if it's also like you know when you're downrange, dude, and we've talked about this, but like, you know, my last deployment in Iraq, dude, like, you get there and you're like all kitted up, and every time you go out, you're like, yeah, up armored vehicle, and I got my cat with me, and mm-hmm. uh, like, you're just you're ready to go. But then, like, you know, a couple months in, you're like, fucking, like, slip on your fucking Crocs to jump in the fucking <laughs> yeah. high lux, and you're like, don't grab your long gun. You're just like, ah, eh, pistol will do. And you're like, exactly. you got no fucking armor whatsoever. You're just like cruising through fucking Baghdad with like hair flopping in the wind. No passenger. Like, you're not even sure if you're going to have fucking cell service. Like, you just don't care anymore. Like, it just becomes yeah. like normal. I wouldn't say you don't care. It's just, it becomes normal. You know what, what I mean? Is, yeah, what is that? I don't know. Like, it's probably some form of like, what is that, uh, uh, that syndrome? Um, for like prisoners, like the kidnap victims and stuff. Cause like, like my my thought of that is like you could. I remember getting into uh, getting into bunkers or undercover. Yeah, like I remember getting into bunkers or undercover, and you could tell like dudes that like grabbed all their 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 kit and they jumped in and they're like under they're kind of shaking and like really really worried. Rightfully so. It's a scary situation. And like then I remember just like sitting there in my flip flops, I had like ranger panties on. I'm just like smoking a cigarette, like watching yeah. this dude. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> dude, the Department of State used to get so pissed at me because like I, I like I would just like show up like in the middle of like incoming, and they'd be like, "You can't be out here. Like, <laughs> we need to get inside. We're gonna take your credentials." And I'm like, "No, you're not." Back to my compound and fucking do my thing, but. Um, no, so I, I, so I, I would think it's probably like some form of like Stockholm syndrome, you know, like it, you just, you just like are assimilated into that environment. Um, and so I was thinking about that in the context of UFOs and I'm thinking about like the scientists and engineers and, you know, even fucking the admin people who like work on these programs, because I, mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say that like, there's no question about whether or not they exist. Yeah. Um, and so, like, why have these people been silent for so long? And 
don't get me wrong, I'm sure that people are getting fucking bushwhacked for it. But maybe the other component to that isn't that it's so profound that humans can't handle it. Maybe it's that they just have that fucking Stockholm syndrome and they're just like, oh, this is my job. This is what I do. And like, it's normal to me now. Ooh. Like there's aliens in the universe. And um, I, I don't really know anything else about why they're here, but this is my job. Like I acknowledge that there's aliens, but like, it's just normal. To me. So I think like, there's definitely some kind of mental illness or some kind of, you know, you get held back whenever you come to the States after you're like used to the, life being like that it's definitely like a change of worlds i've never really thought i've never thought about that like somebody could be some like experiencing an incredibly similar thing because they they work at range 19 or they work at whatever at least yeah i mean maybe that's just daily life for them you know like they're just like to you it sounds crazy you know to fucking jump in a toyota hilux and gym clothes and flip-flops and drive through baghdad as a white but like to to me, after you know two three months in in, in theater, I'm like, whatever, dude. You know, yeah. so same thing. Like maybe maybe like. So I'm not saying that it's not some profound thing. I'm just exploring this as as an option. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not that fucking crazy that there's aliens in the universe, and it's not as uh, spiritual as we think that it is. You know, like most people, I think, interpret it to. to be some kind of spiritual thing you know like angels and demons which we've talked about that in depth and i'm not saying yeah. that that's not true there very well could be a component to that but even if there is a component to that maybe it's just so normal to them that they're just like i don't even think about it as being not normal like it's, this is the, just normal life what i'm thinking about is like i've never i've never been in a situation where i couldn't at least like talk to somebody vaguely about what went on right like i might have had to like leave out details and whatnot but to not like be able to like, like talk to anybody about what you're doing or what's going on has got to be a mind fuck, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've had to do it. Yeah. I don't. I, no, you know, like I, I, there's something else that I thought about. Like when you're like 12 years old, you know, and somebody's like, um, "Hey, man, I was going to tell you this crazy story," and then they're like. Oh, never mind. I'm not supposed to tell you. And when you when you're young, you know, you're like, or like, you know, even now, if you're close to that person, you're like, no, dude, fuck that. You're gonna tell me. Yeah, hey, fuck yeah, you're gonna tell me. Yeah, but like, but like, you know, you can also kind of read them. Like, if somebody said like does that to me now, I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. You know, keep your secrets. <laughs> like, you know, Frodo Baggins or something. But yeah, if you um, want to tell me so badly, you you will. Right. Um, and I, I mean, I think that you just like. That, that was the other component to that. Maybe, so we, we talk about like how serious things are, right? And I think that the secret would be substantially harder to keep if there wasn't the, the fight or flight mechanism that is being activated for the people who are working on these programs. Mm. If, and if it was, the, if the fight mechanism was turned on, which some people, I mean, it is, those are the people that we see, you know, like the David Grushes and, um, you know what's uh bob lazar and stuff like that you know there's yeah. been countless examples of that 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 fight uh activation but maybe for all the other guys they're like i don't have a fight or flight activation like, this is just what i do i was hired to, to study this metal i was hired to figure out this engine mm-hmm. or i was hired to look at this you know the the dna of this biological I, entity 
Like there's no there's no fight or flight mechanism being activated for them, and it's just normal. Life. I wonder if you see like more whistleblowers and people like speaking on this stuff now, is because there's just so many more aspects to get your voice out so quickly. Where that's what I think. It is. Yeah, where previously, if you started to talk, speak about it, you just get shot. But I mean, if I start saying some outrageous claims and I show my backing and why I would know these things, and I'm going to be publicized publicized that quickly where the spread of it would reach an audience much quicker than anybody could ever catch up to me for saying these things or putting on an open forum like you're kind of at a safe haven like because you know if if you just disclose this information and you immediately get Epstein or Clinton and like yeah, the guy was telling the fucking truth, and these people, like, <laughs> these people fucking killed the guy. Like, and yeah. it's just going to raise more questions. Like, exactly. just living in the, the information era is the benefit I think we have there. So, you know, I mean, the the House Oversight Committee just had that hearing yesterday. and uh, which, is, which is crazy, right? Like, no, no, I guess it was two days ago now, yeah. Which is crazy because, like, you know, I was like, my buddies that I talked to, and I'm like, hey, did you guys watch this? And they're like, no, I didn't even know that that was going on. I'm like, how in the fuck did you not know <laughs> that, that there was like a whole ass congressional hearing on aliens? How, um, yeah, how fucking crazy does that sound? Yeah. And so, like, when you, when you, when you couple those, you know, like phrases together, people are like, their ears kind of perk up and they're like, oh, like, so it's not fringe. Like, this is actually real. And you're like, yeah, motherfucker, this is real. This is actually happening. <laughs> uh, that actually kind of brings me to a side tangent. One of the things that, so when you go and watch it, I would recommend that you watch the hearing as opposed to just listening to it. it, it you know, if you don't have the option to sit there for two hours and watch it like I did, then, you know, I get it. But one of the things that I thought was the most interesting about watching it, was um the reading the reading the thoughts like that they were they were going through the heads of the the congress people as they're asking their questions to those three witnesses you know david grush and david fraver and ryan graves um because you can you can see the wheel spinning for them where they're like i'm a whole ass congress person and I thought that this was fucking bullshit, but like you're telling me that this is actually like bona fide, real fucking shit. You, in a closed session, you can tell me where this money's going, how it's being laundered into these programs, who's yeah. running these programs. You can give me names of uh, people who are working on these programs. And like, so the wheels start spinning for them, and you can see it in real time that just, just that, like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, oh, that's, yeah. That's that fight or flight, you know? So. If I was a fucking congressperson, dude, I'm telling you, they, they, they'd have to kill me because my ass would be like, all right, dude, I'm taking my whole ass entourage and we're fucking walking into Area 51. You ain't going to fucking, you ain't going to smoke a, a congressperson in cold blood. like walking Yeah, like when, when Mr. Gresh like says, like, hey, I know the exact locations of these places, like, what's to stop that congressperson from being like, all right, well, let's fucking go. Send it, like. I'll tell you right now, dude, I know some guys at, at fucking Fort, now Fort Liberty, Fort Benning, Fort Carson, mm-hmm. that would love nothing more than to go fucking do some air assault or fucking, you know, hey-hoes into but I, Area I have, 51 or fucking name I have to place. imagine, like, you know, like being a senator is a big deal, but 
whenever you're the Department of Defense or the Department of whatever, and it's up to you, at your discretion, you consider it national security, you can go tell Senator whoever the fuck to fuck off. You can't, actually. Not really. Not the House Oversight Committee, dude. The, the How's that work? Congress and the Senate are actually... So the president is the executive and the commander-in-chief of the United States military. But Congress is still responsible for the, like, the implementation of the military, I guess, if you will. And um, as the oversight of the DOD, they have act, they're supposed to have or knowledge of, not, maybe not necessarily knowing the inner workings of, but they're supposed to have knowledge of all SAP and CAP programs. Like that's, Interesting. they are supposed to have that. And the reason for that, man, and like, think about it. Once I say this, you're like, oh, duh. Yeah, that makes sense. The, 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 the way that our uh, governmental system is designed is that the military answers to civilian authority, not, not, not civilian authority answering to military authority. So it yeah. is always civilians that are in charge of the DOD. And in this case, the Congress does have authority over the Son DOD. of a so, bitch. So that's that's part of why those wheels spin for them is because they're like, they have no fucking right as to, to hide this information from the elected officials. Yeah, the other part of this too that I want to stress is that our government is broken into the three parts, right? So you have um, the Senate and Congress, uh, which yeah. is the, the legislative branch. Then you have the Supreme Court, which is the judicial branch. And then you have the executive branch, which is the president. All three of those branches are considered to be equal. Mm -hmm. They're part of that checks and balances of each other. Yeah. So that, to, to say that like the DOD doesn't have to answer questions from Congress, somebody in the DOD, it, that goes back to you know me talking about me having my own hubris, somebody has some fucking hubris that they need to work through because that is just patently false. Like they 100% work for Congress. I've never, yeah, yeah, you're completely right. I've just never fucking put one on one together, like actually analyzed it. Yeah. Oh, but there's so many dilemmas with that too. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, so they're getting stonewalled, dude. And I mean, these are people who occupy the seats of the highest power in the land yeah uh, outside of you know, god there's <laughs> really like there's only a few people that are that they're like bathed in that kind of power wow yeah okay but apparently there's some people in the dod who are above that authority and that's that's so that's like when, when you hear that doesn't come as a talk, surprise that's, though right no, it doesn't. It does not come as a surprise, um, but it shouldn't be happening. And so I think that that's part of what, like, you know, Senator or not Senator, but Congressman Tim uh, Burchett is like, this is not. This is absolutely not okay. Like, there nobody in the DoD has this kind of authority. They're unelected bureaucrats who mm. are exhibiting more power than the le legislative branch of our government. Government's just kind of trippy all over the place. Really. Yeah. It shouldn't be. It should be much more, I don't know, transparent. Hey, don't get me wrong, dude. Like, some things should be national secrets. Like, you know, if we have fucking stealth bombers that, that like, 
you don't want our adversaries to know about. Like, as much as I would love to see a cool fucking stealth bomber, like, I, I just don't have a need to know that, you know? Yeah, um, like, there's, like, but, a good but, thing to think about is, like, the, what, like, that's the B-2, right? The, the kick-ass one that looks like what a spaceship should look like. Yeah. Like, and, if, well, now that, there's the new... Well, that uh, thing's, like, 20 yeah. years old, right? It's like forty years old. Dude. Oh yeah, okay. So yeah. If that, like that thing's been around for fucking ever. Yeah. What has Lockheed Martin fucking made that I don't know about? Like, yeah. what do we like have? Active camouflage now. <laughs> I, I, well, uh, for the I most part, I, I think we have a pretty good idea of that. I think like invisibility cloaks and like being able to that would be active. Just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Being able to display pretty much on the they do it digitally what's behind them just display that on like themselves as a monitor kind of thing yeah, who knows fuck you ever, shit out there. you ever seen a b2 just randomly in the united states doing its thing i've seen one fly over my house it's yeah me too oh that that makes sense have we talked about this before i think i actually have a video of it on my phone somewhere Very... i was uh I was probably 16 or so, and like Whitman Air Force Base is where they do their trainings for those. That's in Missouri. That's probably 100, 150 miles from where I live. And I remember just as a kid sitting up there, and I was just like walking through my yard, and I look up, and I could see the clouds, and then I just see the shadow of a distinct B2 because it's got like, what would you call that, like boomerang back end of it. Yeah. Yeah, like way up there, and I'm like, whoa, that's the coolest shit. Like that's yeah. like that's the coolest active jet, like anything to me. The I what, what's the what's the new variant called? Like the B twenty six, maybe the, the Raider. Uh, hold on, I'll tell you right now, B twenty one Raider. Yeah, the Raider. That's the Raider if you haven't seen it. Uh, I guess uh, you haven't seen it. Uh, yeah. It looks a lot like a B2, yeah. Yeah. Shit, dude, we're at two two hours and ten minutes, man. Uh, I, I don't know if we didn't record last week, you could do a part one, part two. That's what I was gonna say. Or I mean we could just have a long one. Like I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing, right? No. I got, I, I, well, I don't know. I, we, we could probably also break this one up kind of like from the first half of like just talking about random shit and then the second half kind of back on the... Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, no, I got to tell you about this, dude. So um, I tell you all the time about like a lot of the crazy dreams that I have had and, 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 yeah. and still sometimes. So, um, well, this isn't a dream, but I was listening to uh, the, the show. It's, uh, it's a podcast by Tony Markle. It's called... Uh, the UFO confession, or not, not the UFO confessionals. I think it's just called confessionals, but like basically people just go on there and they like tell their fucking crazy ass stories that they've had. And uh, so I'm listening to this episode uh, like, like last week and um, this, this whole episode, it's him and his two guests and they're and it, like, they're not telling their crazy stories. It's just kind of them like having a discussion like we are right now. Um, mm-hmm. And, but the, the point, the whole topic of this discussion, the entire topic of discussion is, um, them having technology issues when they talk about specific subjects. And uh, 
So as they're talking about this, like, dude, uh, Tony Merkel, who's the host of the show, um, his wife's phone calls him, and like this was clearly not staged. Like, if you were to go and listen to it, you'd be like, yeah, I understand what he's talking about. But this this isn't like a satire or like a staged thing. But his wife's phone calls him, and he's like, normally I wouldn't answer the phone, but like, you know, she knows when I'm doing a show, so if she calls me, then mm-hmm. I answer it because it could be an emergency. So he answers it, and he's like, hey, what's up? Called? She's like, no, I thought you called me. Their phones called each other. As they're having this conversation, yeah. Um, so, and you don't think it was staged uh, at all? No, I mean, you could go and listen to it. Like I said, it's the, it's the, the Confessionals. It's Tony Merkel. It's Merkel Media. Um, that's the podcast, the host of the podcast. Um, dude's a serious guy. Like he's, he's, he's a legit dude. Um, so like, as I'm sitting here listening to this conversation though, dude, uh, uh, my buddy, so cook calls me and, um, he like, so he, what, and what's funny about that too, is like, I, I'm listening to this episode and I pull into the gas station, I run into the gas station, but as I'm pulling into the gas station, I was like, Oh, when, when I get done with the gas station, I should actually give cook a call. Um, cause there, you know, there were some, some, uh, some things about work that I wanted to tell him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I go out to my car and I get in the car and I start driving and that episode pops back on. And like, I was like, Oh yeah, I need to call cook. And his, his phone calls me. Right. And, uh, so, but it, it like, um, it doesn't even pop up for me. Like, it's just like new missed call and it says, you know, chance cook. And so I call him back and I'm like, Hey, what's up, dude? Uh, and uh, he was like, sorry, man, I, I didn't mean to call you. I just, like, I got my car and it said that I was calling you. So I must have butt dialed you. And I was like, that's fucking Shut the fuck up, dude. I swear to God, Shut the fuck up, dude. So the way that I'm explaining this story to you right now, I'm also having to explain to him. I'm like, what are the fucking odds of that, dude? That as I'm listening to this episode of The Confessionals and, like, when this is going on, thinking about calling my buddy Chance and then his shit, like, auto butt dials me no i was like what are the odds of that dude i'm not i swear to god dude scalp is on it <laughs> <laughs> it was it was super bizarre and like i mean you know i get butt dialed from time to time you know maybe yeah, once yeah. a month or or so but like the timing of it was just so fucking impeccable dude like <laughs> it just so impeccable that like it just didn't even make sense uh, oh. Yeah, I thought it was super interesting because that I like, you know, when I listen to podcasts, I don't just listen to like UFO stuff. I mean, I listen to a lot of UFO stuff just because like it's relevant to like what's happening in, in you know, in media, pop culture in, in the short term. But I listen to a lot of high strangeness things just because high strangeness in general is what interests me because I've had a lot of high strangeness in my life. But that to me was high strangeness. So, you know, it's not like it wasn't like the most profound experience in my life. But I was like, seriously, what are the odds of that? Like, the, oh, that sequence of events occurring the way that we did. Yeah. So I thought it was... Dude, that's crazy. I, I, I've been waiting for, like, a week to tell you that story. <laughs> I want to keep so doing the show. That's... Like, that's I take responsibility. We were supposed to get on last Thursday, and I didn't feel that well. And then I, then I was like, oh, we'll do Friday or whatever. And I was ready to go Friday, but I don't know what it is, where I'm like... Yeah, if he sends me a message, like, we'll go. But, yeah, I know. I know how that goes. You know? On uh, Thursday, 
like honestly the last weekend thursday i was driving and then friday saturday sunday i was hanging out with the family you know so it just it wouldn't have worked well for me either but yeah. um so yeah i guess it's good now that we have like a two and a half hour episode but no uh, you know, i was like i was like yeah this is a perfect example of what i'm talking about yeah that's the wildest do you think it's just circumstance do you think it's just happenstance yeah just yeah fucking you do you do you do think that no, I don't think it was happenstance. I, like the, the the sorry, there was a brief cutout for me for a second, but no, it, it was uh, it, some like I, I like I told you about. I, I feel like it, just for the context of, of this conversation, I have to give a couple more examples uh, of that stuff, right? In one of the episodes, I think we talked about how I had that dream where the lady in front of me couldn't pay for her her shit, like her gas and yeah. Her, snacks and stuff and so i paid for that and like the other one where um i had a dream that i was on an airplane that was crashing and i was saying the the our father and i woke up sitting up in my bed saying the our father and i was talking to my brother a couple hours later telling him about this and he was like dude that's crazy because this morning i was on a flight to uh fort wayne indiana and we had to make an emergency landing in des moines and uh so it was like the same time as when he was doing that so like Mm -hmm. no I, i like i don't know if it's just like uh uh, clairvoyance or uh, I, I forget the other one for that like uh, precognition or something no it wouldn't be your precognition because usually it happens like in the moment it's not like I don't like predict something and then it happens it's usually like I like, I like it's like kind of like uh, almost like fucking um, astral projection or something like I, like it's like experiencing like- things like What's it called? Because I'm sure we're talking about the same thing. What's it called whenever, like, you'll be thinking about somebody you know, you haven't talked, like, you really enjoy and you love them, and, like, you haven't, you haven't heard from them in a while, and you're like, man, I, I, really, I really hope Matt's doing okay. Then I don't know where you get a call from Matt and you haven't talked to him in two years. Like, is it, like what's that called? Well, that's what, so people would call that coincidence. I, I don't, like, Fuck that. maybe, yeah, maybe there's a, uh, like a um, a more fringy term for that, I, I can't think of it. All there has to be. Sure that, that, has that, sure that exact that situation happened to you, where like, oh, oh man, yeah, I, should, I mean, all I, should, the time. I should really call whoever and even talk to him in a couple of years, and then you get a call from him. Those are the most surreal because you're like, it's literally been years, you know. But yeah. Like you know, with the chance, you know, my example from last week, it had probably been a couple hours since I like texted him, you know, because like I mean in our group chat, like we like text every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but like the last time I talked to him on the phone and, and th- that's through messenger by the way. Right. So it's not like if he like accidentally, like you can't call my cell phone, like a normal call from messenger. So it's not like he was in messenger and like accidentally hit the talk. Mm-hmm. Button. Like, yeah. Good point. Yeah. You, you get where I'm going with that. So, mm-hmm. um, no, I, I, I think that that, that just kind of falls into that, that whole umbrella of high strangeness. I don't, I'm sure that there is like a. You know, I like the term "high strangeness." By the way, I do too. Yeah, I, I know you didn't coin that or anything, but like, I really do like that. There was a, uh, and like the more we talk about the stuff, the more my brain becomes fried. Um, so it's becoming really scattered right now. But there was a uh, like a really famous ufologist that that coined that, uh, like in an academic environment, oh, okay. uh, like fifty or sixty years ago or something. 
so that that is like an actual like term that people use is high strangeness it's basically anything that's like you know so coincidental that it's not coincidental yeah that's a good way to put it i guess but like the the the, again the sequence event of events with chance like that there was several coincidences that happened simultaneously that it almost felt like it was a message you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it was like hey um we can fuck with technology like that's what it felt like dude that like that was that was the way yeah that's whenever like you told me this story and i was like no fucking way that's exactly what i thought like so it's almost like you're being fucked with Or it like, ins- it like, I, I don't want to say placebo effect because then that in- insinuates that like it didn't happen, or that it was uh it was in fact a coincidence, and maybe it was a coincidence. But uh, when I say placebo effect in this context, I mean like maybe it wasn't something else fucking with me. Maybe that was just my own brain being like, mm-hmm. "Hey, chance is on fucking call." You know what I mean? Like that was like yeah. just because like. Uh, We've talked about consciousness before and like how humans, they've done like pretty very in-depth studies of this actually, like tens of thousands of participants. But like the more you think about something, the the more likely it is to happen. You know, that's like the the power of prayer, like that whole thing. Like um, statistically, people who have other people praying for them when they're, uh, you know, in the hospital, they have a better chance of of, uh, a good recovery. We Um, break that down. But um, like which part? How the fuck does that work? that nobody knows but i mean like it is like a statistically driven observation that really? people who have yeah it's and i mean it's not like a small number dude. it's like 80 percent uh like better prognosis like i'm if, the, I'm the if, person that gets pissed well not i don't get pissed excuse me well i find it silly whenever somebody's like hey because non-believer like my own yeah, yeah, yeah. religious where i'm at Whenever somebody's like, hey, requesting prayers and thoughts, like, like, hey, yeah, of course, I'll give you, like, good thoughts and vibes. Like, I obviously hope the best for you and that you get through the situation. And even if it's in the worst case, like, I, ho- I hope that it's, it, you're able to deal with that in a well, like, well way. And whenever I see that, though, it's like, hey, yeah, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Like, thoughts and prayers, yeah. That's yeah, what like, I mean by I, Nothing like in my brain, I was like, okay, nothing's going to come from that. Obviously, I hope the well, best for the person because like I care about them. But yeah, I mean, some some people have like that visceral reaction to just the word prayer because of their association with that to theology, right? Yeah. Um, but what, that might what be you, my situation, if, honestly. Yeah, I mean, but like if you were to reframe that and instead of saying prayers, say, "Hey, man, you know, I've been thinking about you a lot, and I'm sending good vibes your way." Just the sure. same thing as praying. You know, you're, yeah, yeah. you're, you're basically like, you're, you're trying to use your consciousness, your willpower to, um, manipulate the world around you. I don't want to say manipulate because that sounds like that carries like a negative connotation as well. Sure. Um, but you're trying to impose your, your will upon the universe. Right. And so mm-hmm. if enough people do that, then it like statistically, like the, the outcome is more likely in, in those scenarios. And, and, and you say statistically, like, definitely statistically, not like... Yeah, like, the, the probabilities are, like, you know, 10 trillion to 1 in favor of them, like, it, like being true. But the, the reason people don't talk about it is because it's so hard to prove. 
Sure, of course. Uh, no, you can prove that it's happening, but you can't prove the mechanism by which it's happening. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah, exactly. Everybody's going to be like, well, actually, they've been getting a lot of vitamin D lately, and we uh, put this in, like, every other excuse besides that. Yeah. So um, one example of that would be in the two hours, or maybe 12 hours, some odd hours of, uh, of time leading up to the events of 9-11. There's... Um, there's a worldwide project. It's called like the random number generator project or something like that. And so there's basically thousands of computers all around the world. And all they do all day, every day is spit out random numbers. That's these computers job is yeah. to spit out uh, random numbers. And in the hours leading up to nine 11, the numbers nine and 11, uh, on these random number generators so much more. So, um, it, you know, there, there's people who could tell you like the Sigma fucking statistical analysis of it, you know, whatever, like, what those numbers mean, um, but the statistical probability of the of like how often those numbers were hitting was billions to one. Like it was very unlikely. But but just using human rationale <clears throat> and seeing that those two particular numbers, not just that. So any it could have been uh, twenty five and and eight that were hitting at, with a higher level of probability and and reading reaching that that threshold of billions to one, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, against st statistical probability. But but using that human analysis, not the machine analysis, to say that, like, those two fucking numbers in particular, it's very clear that that was influenced by a collective consciousness. You, you get where mm. I'm going with that? Yeah, I understand. Like, even, even beyond just that, that you know, we'll, we'll, we'll say the number was two billion to one probability. Um, even beyond that two billion to one probability, like, just using your mind and saying like as a rational human being, the fact that it was those two numbers in particular, nine and 11 that were hitting much more frequently before nine 11, like obviously there's something fishy going on. We don't know what that mechanism is, but there's a mechanism there. So you could call prayer, you could call vibes, you could call it fucking whatever you want, but there's something happening. Yeah. I gotcha. To continue on like the actual nine 11, September 11th, would you be willing? Cause I don't know if I would, Maybe if you were, I'd be down to uh, have a full episode where we kind of break down 9-11 and, like, any conspiracy theories that might go with it. Maybe maybe even our particular thoughts and views. Would you do something like that? Sure. Yeah, I... Maybe I'm just, like, That's a far, a far off the wall, but, like, if I'm with somebody, I think I would, uh, I'd be okay. Because I'm kind of out there as far as 9-11 goes. Yeah, I, I go back and forth on it a little bit. I hate that I do, but like my like a lot of my adult life has been dedicated to working in an area that's directly affected by 9-11. And right. I, f I feel individually involved in all of this, but... Well, I think that part of the reason too that you like feel that kind of sense of shame when when you're like, oh, maybe you know, maybe it was an inside attack is because like, uh, it's such a sensitive topic. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of a natural thing, and I think that's why a lot of people avoid the conversation in general. But we don't avoid conversations, do we, Josh? Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious. Like Joe and Josh might have conversations outside of LGM, <laughs> but uh. No, I I would do that because that's like that's one of my most. I like to talk about that. I like to 
raise questions in other people's brains about that. Like, let them make their own their their own interpretation, their own thoughts. But that's what I can talk yeah. about for a minute. Yeah, let's do one of those. Sweet. Um, we we haven't had an exploration in a minute. Joseph. I know, man. I know. I'm, like we talk about it, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna find somebody, and we go back and forth on that. I will. Uh, I've got a I've got a few people, but I'm gonna let you. Some of my favorite ones. Yeah, they're they're really fun, and like I like learning from people and or thinking people are idiots. But either way, like I really enjoy like actually talking to outside people. We maybe we wouldn't have this conversation with you know weekly. I would. So I, you know, I really to, to all ten of our listeners, if you, <laughs> here and you have something interesting to talk about, then you know, uh, send us a. Uh, contact request on the website or you know you can find josh's new instagram or uh or at podography <laughs> <laughs> lgm show or go to our website the contact that lgm show any any way it'll get to us and we'll get back to you hell yeah brother hell yeah brother <laughs> every time you well, I, I, I tie it together, but every time, like, I hear, I, I say, hell yeah, brother, all the time. Every time I hear you say it, NASCAR. Like, that's what it, that's what it brings up in my head. Hell yeah, brother. He's doing it for Dale. Uh, you know what brings up NASCAR for me is six pounds, seven ounce little baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he was a man. He had a beard. <laughs> I, I, I like the Christmas version the best. <laughs> Licky <laughs> Bobby. Awesome dude. All right, man. We have Adam soon. We'll get back next week. Yeah, should be, right? I reckon so. It'll be out the pen. It's gonna be uh, freshly broken out. Yeah. The Stockholm syndrome still fresh in his mind. Ooh, I bet so. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Adam. Yeah, fuck you, Adam. All right, brother. All right, kisses. Mm-hmm.